the end zone, has a man open, touchdown, Justin Blackman. Monday edition of Locked on Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell. I am so glad to be back. I go out to the mountains for a few days, and everything goes straight to chaos in Waco, Texas. So, so much to talk about on today's edition of Locked on Pokes. We've got an official now uh, transfer for Oklahoma State football as well. So, so much to get to. We're going to talk about Mike Boyd and everything that went down Saturday in Waco. I want to remind everybody to head on over to Twitter. Follow me at Colby J. Powell and at Locked on Pokes. Uh, I did go skiing for a few days, so if you head on over to at Colby J. Powell, you can watch a video I posted of me uh, trying to hit a jump with a little bit too much speed, which resulted in a nice crash and me sliding down the mountain on my back I'm certain that you will enjoy that video. Head on over, follow me, tweet me at Colby J. Powell. Let me know your thoughts on uh, what took place in Waco, everything going on with Oklahoma State basketball, the first conference win last Wednesday against TCU. Of course, I was out of town Thursday uh, through Sunday, so Wednesday was the last time I was on. I predicted that Oklahoma State would beat TCU and would lose to Baylor. I got both of those rights, both of those right, but... The game Saturday against Baylor did not go the way I thought it was going to. So I was in New Mexico, didn't get to watch the entire game, didn't get to watch it live, uh, but I did just so happen to pop into a restaurant and uh, walked up to the bar as Isaac Likely was shooting the free throws at 72 to 68. So I just so happened to walk in at this very moment. So I'm watching Isaac Likely shoot the first free throw. First free throw. No good. I'm like, yeah, that's not good. That could have really cut into it. Second free throw, no good. So then, at this moment, and, and keep in mind, I've, I've now gone back and watched it, so I know what happened throughout the game. But at this time, I don't know how we got to 72-68. I don't know how we've gotten here. I, I didn't know that Baylor hadn't made a field goal in almost four minutes, and they'd only been shooting free throws. Basically, from the under four timeout to the end of the game, Baylor only shot free throws. That's how they scored. Didn't make a field goal. So I didn't realize how we'd gotten to this point. And then Kiffer Baylor grabs the rebound and just kind of tosses it up in the air to no one with no one really around him. The whistle blows, and everybody kind of stops. A Baylor guy grabs the ball. And I'm trying to figure out, what, what just happened here? What just happened? What did we see? Because, again, I'm in a bar, so I, there's not volume. I, I can't hear what the announcers are saying. I'm trying to figure out, what did he just call? What's going on here? So then Mike Boynton gets teed up. So at this point, you know Oklahoma State's lost the game. And then Mike Boynton gets tossed. And Mike Boynton, look, I, I've defended Mike Boynton. I said I think he's, he's had some tough personnel stuff. I think he's a first-class guy. I think he's a good coach. And I think that we'll really find out how good of a coach he is next year whenever they have Rondell Walker, Cade Cunningham, the Boone Twins will be a little bit older, Avery Anderson, Chris Harris, all these guys will be a little more experienced. Uh, you know, Isaac Likely, Ornay, guys on the roster right now. I think next year Oklahoma State has a chance to be really good. And, you know, Scott Drew even said after the game on Saturday, this Oklahoma State team is better than the record would indicate. So Mike Boynton gets tossed, and Mike Boynton, three officials on the court, and he looked at one of them and he said, you, da-da-da-da-da, whatever he said, some words. Uh, I think some of those words started with the, uh, the letter F, rhymed with duck. And uh, he, he made sure that all three officials heard his thoughts on his way off the floor. But then he did something that you don't see very often. And, and 
the praise that was lobbed at Mike Boynton this weekend by Oklahoma State fans, by National College basketball writers, by Baylor fans. Uh, I saw OU fans on Twitter lobbing praise at Mike Boynton. Scott Drew postgame lobbing praise at Mike Boynton. Mike Boynton on his way out, after he share, shared his thoughts with the officials, uh, spoke to the young man at the free throw line, went to the Baylor sideline, and shook hands with Scott Drew, all the assistant coaches, every player on the Baylor bench before he walked off the court. Absolutely first class from Mike Boynton. One of the many reasons uh, that I really like Mike Boynton. Boynton said after the game, on the radio about his ejection. Mike Boynton said, I just felt like our kids deserved better. It's my job to make sure I'm supporting them as much as I can. I regret that I got kicked out. Look, at that point, Oklahoma State wasn't going to win the game. He's the only one who regrets that he got kicked out. I I think sometimes those things can be good. It's not like he made a scene and threw a chair across the court. It it wasn't anything like that. He had some choice words for the officials. He was sticking up for his team. Uh, You know, players respect that. That's a guy that you want to play for. A lot of that sentiment on uh, on social media Saturday night, you know, Mike Boynton is a guy that you want to run through a wall for um, and, and just first class all the way. So I love the way that he handled it and the officiating itself. I've gone back and watched it now. Look, some of those fouls early on, I think, were, were on Oklahoma State. Early on, I, I think that Oklahoma State um, did a poor job of defending without fouling. You know, Cam McGriff, Yornay, Caleb Boone, all of those three players had two fouls uh, before the halfway mark of the first half. That, that's not a recipe for success, but Oklahoma State battled and battled and battled and really had a chance to win that game down the stretch, and that is when the officiating just became putrid. The offensive foul call on Isaac Likely with the left hand, I mean, that is a brutal call. That you, you never see that call unless it is an egregious elbow to the face. I mean, Isaac Likely went up with two hands on the ball, and then the left hand just kind of came off the ball and just kind of came down, you know, at, as your arms naturally do as he shot it up the floater with the right hand. That was a brutal call that would have cut it to a two-point lead. Oklahoma State would have only been down by two with a minute to go. Again, Baylor did not make a field goal in the final three minutes and 49 seconds of that game on Saturday. Did not score from the floor. Baylor made 11 free throws in that final 349 to hold off Oklahoma State. The officiating was putrid down the stretch. Uh, Everyone pretty much agreed, and, and good for Mike Boynton for voicing his opinion and letting the officials have it. Sometimes the officials need to have it. And I still don't know when Isaac Likely missed the free throw, the kid from Baylor, first off, why didn't he just pull the rebound down and stand there until he got fouled? That was the first thing that didn't make sense to me. Second off, he didn't get touched. He didn't get touched. And they just blew the whistle. I mean, the ball was just floating, waiting for somebody to pick it up. He wasn't touched. And the guy underneath, behind the play, behind the player who grabbed the rebound, Blows his whistle. I I couldn't figure out what was going on. It was uh, a really weird finish to what was a pretty good college basketball game between Oklahoma State and Baylor. Really slow start. First half was kind of a snoozer, honestly. But in that second half, Oklahoma State really got things going offensively. So did Baylor. I mean, the two teams combined to score 87 points in the second half after scoring only 61 points combined in the first half. So the second half uh, was some really good basketball. I want to take a break. I want to come back, talk about some of the lineup changes. Lindy Waters getting back on the floor Saturday after missing Wednesday's uh, game against TCU. Lindy Waters with the mask on on Saturday. I want to talk about the three-point shooting, something I've spent a lot of time talking about throughout this season, and I want to talk about why 
Oklahoma State's shot selection on Saturday against Baylor was so, so good. Your selection will be so, so good if you head over to Simply Green Pharmacy in Stillwater at the corner of Red Bud and Perkins, uh, just east across the street from Apple Creek Apartments there in Stillwater. I hope you got signed up for the Puff and Paint last week because that is full for Valentine's Day this Friday, but specials all week at Simply Green Pharmacy. Go up there and see them. Uh, Corley, Will, Vicky, they will take care of you. Great selection. All the best products. Friendly staff. 617 Red Bud in Stillwater. Go see my friends at Simply Green Pharmacy. All right, I'm taking a break. Coming back on the other side to talk more Oklahoma State basketball, and then I have a lot more I want to get to, uh, and hopefully I can get that all in on today's show. Uh, Stay with me here on Locked on Pokes. Welcome back to Locked on Pokes. So glad everyone is with me on this Monday. I am glad to be back in the state of Oklahoma after a few days away. Oklahoma State basketball had uh, really a great week last week. Wednesday night against TCU, you get the first conference win without Lindy Waters. Uh, I told you last Wednesday on the podcast, take the pokes, lay the points, tonight's the night. This this team, it's better than a 1-9 conference record. And, and look, I know that that sounds cliche. Sometimes throughout the course of a season, you, you have games where the ball doesn't bounce your way, you don't hit shots, and, and this has just been a season in conference play for Oklahoma State where everything that can go wrong has gone wrong, whether it's foul trouble or injuries or illnesses, whatever the case may be, officiating. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State has now played the number one team in the country incredibly tight and had a chance to win both of those games uh, with under a minute remaining. Bears come out on top both times. This Oklahoma State team it's trending the right direction. One thing that I really liked that I saw from Oklahoma State on Saturday, in the second half of that game, Oklahoma State played, I thought, offensively with a ton of confidence. Guys were shooting, no hesitation, getting to the basket, good passes inside. I thought it was a really good uh, offensive strategy and execution Saturday in the second half. Here's one thing I really liked on Saturday from Oklahoma State. I, throughout the season, have been critical of the shot selection, particularly from beyond the arc, from Oklahoma State. Now, Oklahoma State on Saturday only shoots 5 of 17 from 3, which is 29.4%, about a, a percent and a half lower than what Baylor shot. Baylor was 8 of 26 from beyond the arc. But Oklahoma State shot 5 percentage points higher from the field than Baylor did. For Baylor, it was 25 of 59. For Oklahoma State, 24 of 51. So the reason Oklahoma State shot better from the floor, even though they shot worse from 3, Oklahoma State only attempted 17 threes as a team. And Thomas DeZogwa attempted nine of those. Lindy Waters attempted four. That means the rest of the team, the other eight guys who played, combined to attempt four threes. That's the, that is the recipe for Oklahoma State. Thomas DeZogwa should be shooting it from beyond the three-point line just about every time he has the opportunity to. He only hits two of nine on Saturday, not one of his better shooting days. Still shooting the ball well on the season, is still a sharp shooter. So he should be shooting it anytime he gets some space. Lindy Waters, anytime he gets a good look from three, he should be shooting it. Two of four from beyond the arc on Saturday. Anybody else on the team, you better be wide open standing there by yourself because the defense broke down. If that's the case, go ahead and let it fly. If not, let's move the ball around. Let's try to get to the free throw line, figure something else out, and that's what Oklahoma State did on Saturday against Baylor. DeZogwa was letting it fly. Lindy Waters shot the good looks. 
Everybody else, you know, didn't take bad shots, shot it when they were wide open. The only other made three for Oklahoma State was by Keelan Boone, who started the game. It was his only shot. Started the game, only played eight minutes. Part of that is because Lindy Waters uh, came off the bench. He, he had the injury. He was out on Wednesday against TCU. So he was coming off the bench with the face mask on on Saturday against Baylor. But he played 34 minutes off the bench. So, you, you know, only the eight minutes for Keelan Boone. But I think that's a little misleading because he, he probably only got the start because Lindy Waters was coming off the bench. I, I, I don't know what the logic was there. But, uh, you know, I thought Keelan Boone looked Pretty decent in his eight minutes. Uh, confident stroke on the one three-pointer that he made. His twin brother, Caleb Boone, I thought gave Oklahoma State great minutes. Now, Caleb Boone was one of the four Oklahoma State Cowboys who fouled out. 29 fouls called on Oklahoma State to just 24 Baylor. We talked a lot about that officiating in the first segment. Mike Boynton getting tossed. 22 free throw attempts for Oklahoma State. 33 for the Baylor Bears. Uh, you know, and Oklahoma State... Well, I thought was the more aggressive team. Oklahoma State only takes 17 threes to Baylor's 26. And a lot of times, whenever I look at, you know, free throw numbers, I, I think, okay, were you settling for jump shots all day? Because if you're settling for jump shots all day, that means you're not giving yourself a chance to get fouled and get put on the free throw line. Oklahoma State wasn't settling for jump shots. The only guy who really consistently settled for jump shots all game was Thomas Dezogwe, shot zero free throws. That's fine. I mean, if a guy shoots zero free throws because he's shooting 20-footers all day, so be it. <clears throat> Pardon me. But, you know, um, what about, let's look through here. Isaac Likely, 5 of 12 from the floor, shot four free throws. Okay, Lindy Waters, 5 of 9 from the floor, shot four free throws. Caleb Boone, 4 of 5, two free throws. Thomas Zagua again, didn't shoot any free throws. He's shooting threes, no problem with that. But Baylor was the team that was settling for more jump shots and still got 11 more free throws. Four Cowboys fouled out. Cam McGriff, Yornay, uh, Jonathan Laurent, and Caleb Boone all fouled out. Lindy Waters had four, so he was on the verge of fouling out. And Oklahoma State still had a chance to win that game late. Oklahoma State outplayed Baylor in that second half and had a chance to take down the number one team in the country. Uh, it, it was a good week overall for Oklahoma State basketball. You beat TCU on Wednesday, and then on Saturday you put up a great performance against Baylor. You know, you, you've got college basketball people all over the country talking about your coach, what a class act he is. Scott Drew, after the game, was just lobbing prayer at Mike Boynton said that he was the uh, the first coach to text all the other Big 12 coaches uh, and, and tell them good luck in the Big 12 SEC Challenge a couple weeks ago in which Oklahoma State beat Texas A&M. So uh, it was a good week for Oklahoma State basketball. And I, I'm telling you, I'm enjoying sitting here on a Monday. Every Monday for the past two months, I've had to sit here and just – talk about how brutal Oklahoma State basketball has looked. It's nice to sit here and, and talk about this team maybe trending upward because let's remember, there are still eight conference games left and the conference tournament. Oklahoma State, you, you know, you've got eight games left. If Oklahoma State puts some good basketball together and wins four of those, you feel better about Oklahoma State basketball and Cade Cunningham coming in that, that Oklahoma State can turn that into some success next season. What you don't want to do is beat TCU last week, lose these last eight games. You go 1-17 in conference. Woo! Woo! I don't know. Hard to be optimistic regardless of who's walking through the door coming off a season like that. So hopefully this past week was a turning point for Oklahoma State basketball, and uh, these guys will play hard for Mike Boynton down the stretch. That is what I expect. I expect Oklahoma State to beat Kansas State tomorrow. It is a matchup of uh, cellar dwellers in the Big 12 Conference. Uh, Oklahoma State 1-9 and nine in the Big 12. Kansas State 2-8 and eight in conference play. Kansas State 
uh, not playing good basketball. They're nine and fourteen overall on the season, coming off three losses in a row. They lost by nine to West Virginia. Only lost to Baylor by six. That game was at home in Manhattan. And then this past Saturday, they, lo- they lost by ten in Ames to uh, Iowa State. So they've now lost five of the last six. Uh, and let's go ahead and make it nine of the last eleven. Kansas State has lost. Uh, so Kansas State not playing good basketball right now. I do think Oklahoma State will win that game tomorrow in Manhattan. And then as we look forward, again, the Big 12 Conference is tough. So there's not a lot of games that you look at and you think Oklahoma State uh, kind of has it in the bag. But you've got Kansas State uh, this this Tuesday. Then you've got two really tough games. you got Texas Tech at home at West Virginia. Next Saturday, the 22nd, get Oklahoma at home. That's a 3 o'clock game against OU. Bedlam, that's a winnable game. You're going to have to play well to beat OU, but that's a winnable game. At Kansas will be tough. But then you've got back-to-back games. The last three games, really, of the conference slate are winnable for Oklahoma State. Iowa State and Kansas State at home. Iowa State uh, just lost a big player this morning. Gosh, I wish I would have had his name in front of me uh, because I forget it now as I'm, as I'm looking through the schedule here. So the last three games of conference play, Oklahoma State has Iowa State at home, Kansas State at home, and at Texas. So Oklahoma State, I think, could still finish out this season with a little bit of momentum uh, for for basketball. So I need to take a break. I still have a lot to get to in the final segment. Uh, We'll see how much of it I can pack in there. We're going to talk about Chuba Hubbard being the big newsbreaker. It is official now. We'll get some shout-outs to Oklahoma State softball, Oklahoma State baseball, uh, as it is Pretty much time to get things underway on the diamond. Uh, got a big wrestling duel coming up. A couple big wrestling duels coming up for Oklahoma State. So uh, we'll try to get all that in in the last segment. Stay with me. Locked on Pokes. Wrapping things up here on a Monday on Locked on Pokes. Glad everyone is with me. Head over to Twitter. Follow me at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes. Also, head over to Simply Green Pharmacy in Stillwater, home of the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Head on over to 617 East Redbud Drive, the corner of Perkins and Redbud, just across the street east from Apple Creek Apartments in Stillwater, former home of yours truly. That's where I lived my senior year at Oklahoma State. They will take care of you at Simply Green Pharmacy. Locally owned, all natural. Uh, Everything is grown all naturally. They'll actually give you a bucket you can take, fill up with all of your banana peels, coffee grounds, things of that nature. You bring it in, you get free product. They use all that stuff for compost. Everything is completely naturally grown. They are looking to take care of you, the patient, at Simply Green Pharmacy in Stillwater. So head that way and tell them a Locked on Pokes sent you. Glad everyone is with me on this Monday. So much happened with the Oklahoma State basketball team uh, the past few days with me being out since last Wednesday that uh, I, I use most of my time on that, but there is still quite a bit to get to today. Uh, first off, Christian Holmes has made it official. Look, when Chuba Hubbard said it, I trusted Chuba Hubbard. I, I didn't need to wait for the official declaration. If Chuba Hubbard speaks, I listen and I assume that the Canadian is telling me the truth, and he was. He said, welcome Christian Holmes to the Cowboy family, and to me, Christian Holmes at that moment was part of the Cowboy family, but it is now official. Uh, He has released on Twitter. He said, excited for this next step. Can't wait to be a part of the Cowboy family. Hashtag go pokes. Picture of himself in the uh, Oklahoma State uniform. Now, Christian Holmes, I would expect to immediately slot into the starting lineup in place of A.J. Green. 
Uh, A.J. Green obviously moving on to the NFL after graduating this past season. Now, you, we'll see who uh, who else spends some time out there. Thomas Harper also has a chance to, uh, to get some run on the edge for Oklahoma State, but you, you would expect Christian Holmes to be the leader there uh, with, with all the experience that he has at Missouri. He did miss all of the 2017 season with a shoulder injury, so it'll be interesting to see uh, if maybe he tries to go the medical redshirt route. I, I don't know the logistics as to how all that works. I know Oklahoma State will have him immediately eligible as a grad transfer for at least one year. Could possibly be two, depending on what happens with that medical redshirt, whether that's something that he pursues. Uh, you know, Oklahoma State expects to have Josh Sills, the offensive line transfer from West Virginia. Oklahoma State will have him for two years, as he has a couple years of eligibility left. So Oklahoma State now, this offseason, has added three big-time transfers uh, from other Power 5 schools. Two from the SEC, Christian Holmes from Missouri, and Colin Clay, the defensive end from Arkansas, who was originally from the state of Oklahoma, and now is coming back home to Stillwater. And then Josh Sills, who came over from West Virginia as an offensive lineman. So, Good offseason for Oklahoma State, not only in the transfer department, but also uh, recruiting its own players to come back who had chances to go to the NFL. Uh, so great to add Christian Holmes. Hopefully he can solidify uh, a position of need for Oklahoma State as A.J. Green will now be moving on to the NFL. A.J. Green is the only Oklahoma State player from last year's team invited to the 2020 NFL Draft Combine. That will be taking place February 23rd through March 2nd at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Uh, that is where the combine is always held. He had a great senior bowl, Matt Miller, who obviously, you, you know, a lot of you might know if you're on social media, if you follow Bleacher Report, he is the the draft guru, if you will. Uh, in his recent mock draft, he had A.J. Green going to the Philadelphia Eagles at number 85 overall. That's in the third round, uh, 96 picks in those first three rounds, 32-32-32. I'll let you uh, do the math there. Uh, so at number 85 overall, that would have him uh, well in the first half of the draft, which would be phenomenal for A.J. Green. I, I think with his length, the way he plays, I, I look at what a, great, a guy like Trey Flowers has been able to do in the NFL with Seattle, and, and A.J. Green, to me, coming out is a much better prospect than Trey Flowers was coming out. I, I mean, I've been blown away by how good Trey Flowers has been with Seattle, and A.J. Green, I think, is an even better prospect uh, I think he was better in college. You know, his length, his coverability. Uh, I, I think that A.J. Green has a chance to be really good at the next level. Uh, you know, there's been a famous A.J. Green in the NFL for a long time with the A.J. Green uh, out of Georgia playing for the Cincinnati Bengals. Maybe there's going to be another famous A.J. Green in the NFL with the defensive back from Oklahoma State. Uh, he was phenomenal for the Cowboys, and hopefully uh, whenever the draft comes around, April, when is the draft? April 23rd through the 25th, hopefully he has his name called on that second day on that Friday. Uh, so A.J. Green headed to the NFL, does get an NFL combine invite. All right. <clears throat> Let's uh, let's move on to the mats. Oklahoma State, a couple of big wins this past Saturday against Air Force and Wyoming, both of those Big 12 conference opponents. I know we have to remind ourselves wrestling has different teams in the Big 12 conference, Air Force and Wyoming. The Cowboys beat Air Force 37-3 to and beat Wyoming 25-7. to Oklahoma State is now through the snoozers on the mats, and we get some good duels to close out the regular season. This Sunday in Stillwater on ESPNU, if you want to watch this, Oklahoma State versus Oklahoma, little Bedlam wrestling action Sunday at 1 p.m. at Gallagher-Iba Arena, and then a week later at 7 p.m. in 
in Iowa will be Oklahoma State at Iowa, which will be a big-time duel with two of the historic great wrestling programs in the country, the Oklahoma State Cowboys and the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, So good luck to the Pokes moving forward on the mats. Now let's head to the Diamond. Softball season is underway for the Cowboys started on Friday with the Tiger Classic in Baton Rouge. Uh, Oklahoma State went 2-2, the two wins against Florida A&M, the two losses to LSU. Now Oklahoma State ranked number 13 to start the season, LSU ranked number 11, and Oklahoma State lost both of those games by one run. Lost one to nothing in the opener to LSU. In the third game of the season, the Cowboys lost 3-2 to to LSU. So it's a bummer to lose both of those games, but uh, there are some things to be really, really excited about. Number one, first and foremost, redshirt freshman Kelly Maxwell made her official Oklahoma State debut and against Florida A&M in the second game of the season. She threw a perfect game, struck out five in five innings, uh, set down all 15 Florida A&M batters faced in Order. It was phenomenal. Seventh perfect game in Oklahoma State softball history. First since 2002 when it was done by Lauren Bay against South Florida. And uh, Kelly Maxwell is the only pitcher in Big 12 Conference history to toss a perfect game in her collegiate debut. So uh, Kenny Gajewski has got something there with Kelly Maxwell. A lot to be excited about for Oklahoma State softball, Oklahoma State baseball. I'll be doing a preview later in the week as the Cowboys get underway on the diamond at Grand Canyon in Phoenix this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. A three-game series out there. They will stay in Phoenix for a game on Tuesday against Arizona State before the Cowboys head home for the home opener at Alley P. Reynolds on February 21st. That first series is at, uh, uh, pardon me, against UT Rio Grande Valley. Some good, good college baseball in the non-conference for Oklahoma State. Uh, Frisco, Texas, they'll be facing off against UCLA, Illinois, and Texas A&M in the non-con in Frisco late February, early March. They've got BYU in the non-con at Alley P, Fresno State in the non-con at Alley P, and then O'Bray Stadium, March 20th Oklahoma State Baseball, the debut of Obrate Stadium. I cannot wait to see that new stadium in action. Uh, I love college baseball, love following Oklahoma State. My junior year at Oklahoma State majoring in sports sports media, I was fortunate enough to be the beat writer for the Oklahoma State baseball team. Uh, and, And you talk about great access for a student. Josh Holliday basically had an open door policy. Uh, you know, if he was in his office, he, he told me, hey, come knock on the door. I've got a few minutes for you. Uh, we would sit in his office and, and talk. He was phenomenal to me. Rob Walton as well. Great interviews, great access uh, to all the players. So uh, much love for Oklahoma State baseball. I'll do a preview later in the week, and we will follow the Cowboys throughout the season as hopefully they can make their way back to Omaha for the College World Series and have a chance to contend in the Big 12 Conference. All right, that is all for today. I think we just about covered it all. Basketball, football, wrestling, softball, baseball. We got you covered here on Locked on Pokes. I'm back Wednesday, Oklahoma State, Kansas State. Tomorrow night, Oklahoma State will take down the Wildcats to get that second win in conference play. All right, back Wednesday. Thanks for listening once again to Locked on Post.